0: It's a beautiful day here in Brisbane, 17th of July, 2019. I'm here on the 18th floor at Waterfront Place at the AJ and Co Lawyers office, and uh, a good friend of mine for, I guess, uh, quite a few years now, Gavin McInnes, finally on the podcast. Welcome along.
1: Thank you very much. It's been a long time coming, you're right.
0: (laughs) It's been a long time coming, but uh, I guess we first met, um, uh, I think, um, about five or six years ago. and. I, I guess we sort of uh, did a bit of networking here in the city, actually, and that's how we sort of first met. And it was you actually introduced me to the Valley Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, that sounds about uh, right. Three years ago, when I first started coming to events, and mm. so if anyone wants to blame anybody <laughs> for, I guess my introduction into the Valley Chamber of Commerce, they can certainly uh, blame you, can't they? <laughs> I guess
1: guilty as charged.
0: Guilty as charged. <laughs> but those events are great. We'll probably go into that a little bit in the podcast. But tell us some. A bit about where you were born, where did you sort of grow up early life, Gavin?
1: I was born in Johannesburg in South Africa. So Okay,
0: that's something I didn't really know.
1: Yeah, so I lived there t- till I was about five years old and my father was Australian, mother was South African and they met in England and uh, lived for 12 years over there and my dad decided since we were Australian, at least half Australian at the time, that he didn't want his boys going to fight on the border against um, the unsavoury types that were fighting on the border at the time. And uh, figured it would be better to get us back to Australia, um, so we came out and I nice started grade one here. Probably a pretty good move too, since a lot of my friends who are South African live in Brisbane and, and Sydney. So Brisbane, wish, was wish they'd come out a bit earlier too. First
0: place in Australia.
1: It was, yeah, yeah. My father was from Victoria, but for some reason we came to Queensland and came to Brisbane. So. And that would
0: have been prior to, pre, uh, prior to Expo eighty eight, I guess.
1: Yep, that was back in eighty one or eighty two. So it's quite a long time ago. Um, been here for about thirty six years now, thirty seven years. So yeah. probably a pretty good move starting grade one here. My brother was a bit younger than I was, but starting grade one at um, a school in in Gindalee was a nice place to nice place to start. Mm-hmm. So that worked out quite well, I think.
0: Yeah, so a bit of sibling role with your brother growing up at all?
1: Um, we were pretty close as kids, but then of course when you get to, we're three years age gap, so when you get to the, the stage where age, yeah. uh, you get adolescent and kid, you, you sort of the gap seems seems to broaden a bit. Mm-hmm. But um, and then as you, as you get older the gap seems to narrow again when you become closer in age again at least in terms of your, your likes and dislikes and things you have in common
0: yeah going through different phases I guess yeah. Yeah, of life and, and that sort of thing does he still live in this area of Brisbane or is he no, he
1: lives down the coast just over the border in New South Wales okay. a place called Benora Point yep. beautiful little spot down there with his it family is. So, yeah I see him pretty regularly down the coast quite often on weekends so you get a chance to catch up with him and his family down there
0: Excellent, that's great guy. Yeah. And um, what sort of? I guess uh, you, to me, you always seem like you're. I mean, when you sort of look at your, um, you know, physique and you know that you, you, your gym stories and stuff like that, you. Obviously, did you play sport at all growing up? Did you get involved in what sort of sport? I
1: did. My dad was in, my dad was involved with Slazenger and Dunlop sporting goods companies in South Africa. And when he came here, he started, he brought, he started Yonex. Brought Yonex to Australia. He also Yonex, brought,
0: the brand that, um, like, you.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, that, and Martina over and a whole bunch of others. And so we played a lot of tennis on the back of that. He also brought Converse and Sunflex and all these other brands to Australia as well. And so we always had plenty of sporting goods growing up. And I played a different sport every term at school. And, um, you know, back in those days you weren't allowed to play soccer. So I played soccer and rugby to, be, to be, get along with all my buddies. So played, sometimes I played two sports in one term. So that was good fun. Did
0: you have Aussie rules around as
1: well? Or? I didn't. My old man actually loved Aussie rules. He played for Essendon for a bit when he was a kid, and my school did start playing it as I was, getting, as I was approaching the senior school, but um, never got into Aussie rules.
0: Mm. Basketball?
1: Yeah. No. Tennis, swimming, yeah. mm. um, cricket, athletics, soccer, and rugby, gymnastics. Cool. Yeah. So lots of sports. Always sort of always doing something, and um, I think I, I don't think I've really stopped.
0: No, so are you still you're sort of playing any sports now as a, I guess more of a mature age person?
1: These days I try to get to the gym a few days a week and I try to run, that's between three and five days a week and yeah. then I'll climb and I'll surf and I'll do those sorts of things and I'll walk.
0: Yeah, so yeah. you obviously run quite a bit from what you're saying. Um, that's, I mean, that must uh, obviously keep it fit is, is, is very important for your health, isn't it? I guess Definitely.
1: I mean, it, we all work in offices or those people that do work in offices that's realise that is. you get pretty sedentary yeah. and... You've got to have balance, I think. You've got to be fit and healthy. And if you're going to be on the piss and you're going to be having wines as much as we do and socialising and networking and beers with your mates and eating out, you've got to have some balance in your life as well. So the exercise is pretty important, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely uh, very important. So, um, uh, and so you've always sort of lived around... Brisbane has been, I guess, the last 36 years, hasn't it? You've, have you sort of lived anywhere else in that time? Or?
1: Yeah. So when I was a bit younger, um, I deferred university for a year. Uh, The plan was to sort of go to New Zealand for a month and I ended up chasing a girl over to Canada and deferred for a year, decided to teach snowboarding up there and spin records in Whistler and Blackcomb and I spent a couple of seasons up there and a summer in Vancouver and then I drove across the States and ended up spinning records and working in restaurants in Fort Lauderdale in Florida and Miami, South Beach and then I flew to Mexico and did all Central America and taught scuba diving for a year and a half in Honduras and ended up teaching scuba diving in about seven or eight countries over the next three or four years until I realised I'd better get back and finish my degrees. Yeah. So I came, Started, back, and, I came back, start, back
0: in two thousand two.
1: That's right. I ended yeah. up I only, only plan to be away for a month and I was, I was away almost five years. Yeah. So But yeah. scuba diving
0: train that's something very unique, uh, Gavin. I mean tell us a bit about how you sort of first became involved in that. I mean that
1: was I was diving in this little island called Utilla off on off Honduras on the Belizean yeah. reef in the Caribbean and um, I just went there to purely to, just to get away from the mainland and have a bit of a you know, tropical getaway from Central America and it's a real diving island so I ended up doing my Open Water and Advanced certificates and I thought wouldn't be a bad idea just to hang out here and do my dive master and you to do, you got to do 100 dives on your dive master and you end up helping out the instructors with their courses and things like that so I thought I'd do my dive master chill out there for a few months and just dive and play in the sun and Drink, drink sundowner drinks at a place called Coco Loco every afternoon. It seemed like a good idea at the time. And then a mate of mine said, "Look, he's going to do his instructors will I do it with him." And I said to him, "Look, I've really got no intention of becoming a diving instructor, but if you want me to do it with you, I don't see why not." So I did, and um, I've now I've taught about thirteen hundred people to dive.
0: Wow, that's really that's, that's fascinating. That's, that's great. Yeah. Um, that's you sort of would you classify scuba as? It's, it, how do you sort of classify it? I mean, you've got other types of things that come to mind, like extreme sports. Um, when it comes to you know, extreme things that people do, like bungee jumping, jumping out of planes. Yeah, um, yeah. is it that sort of extreme? Or? No, no,
1: recreational diving through scuba is very, very tame. I would think they've, okay. they've made it very safe, and you don't dive very deep under the paddy system. Advanced divers dive to thirty meters. Um, open water dive to at 18 metres and if you do deep dive specialities you might go to 40, it's not really that that dangerous and the type of equipment you're using is very, very safe as well you can make it more dangerous, you can make it a bit more extreme you start doing cave diving or you know, those sorts of diving it's a bit more dangerous, you start doing deeper dives you start doing decompression diving and and those sorts of dives, you can make it a little bit more dangerous for sure, it becomes a bit more technical but um, I've done a fair bit of technical diving myself but for the, for the ma- mainstream diver, it's very safe. Mm. But um, I've done some dives that are just damn yeah, most stupid.
0: My, my sort of, I only goes probably as far as snorkeling and getting abalone yeah. or fruits. That's about <laughs> yeah. as much as I've done when it comes to underwater activities. But Yeah, it's all good fun. It is. It's all good fun. It, it certainly is. So, you obviously decided you had to go back and, and, and finish off uh, what you were studying at uh, yeah. your law and IT at QUT, yeah. is
1: that right? That's right, IT degree and law degree at QUT. So I was pretty desperate to finish it by that stage because I was, I was a, almost a mature age student, and um, so I did my last three semesters. I did six subjects a semester, and um that, a, it's a,
0: like cramming, it in, isn't
1: it? That's, that's, that's quite a heavy workload. Like,
0: were you always fairly good academically, or
1: yeah, I've always done okay. Yeah, I've always I've always done pretty well. So I, that was. But the thing the difference was when I went when I came back to study and finish it off. You actually, actually wanted to be there rather than sort of just being there for the sake of being there when you finish. When you finish school, you think, what's the next thing you do? Well, I guess I have to go to uni. Mm-hmm. So you, you go and do it. You're not really in, in the in the mindset to, to, to work as diligently as you might um, when you see the value in it. And when I came back, I'd, I didn't want to build away tables anymore. I didn't want to... I did some amazing jobs. I mean, teaching scuba diving, teaching snowboarding and spinning records in clubs is pretty awesome. Is. But, but at the end of the day, you, you don't want to be you want to have something behind you so when I came back I actually wanted to finish I wanted to study I saw the value in it and um, did very well
0: So you had
1: very good results and crammed
0: it in Yeah How would you sort of uh, definitely a a high quality university you think in the the law sort of faculties for QUT Definitely particularly when I did
1: when I did IT IT was sort of Quite new. I mean, obviously, yeah, IT's right, so I IT is everywhere now, and an IT degree with a law degree was quite an interesting combination. I yeah. think there was only about five or six of us that did that. If you, you yeah. compare that to com law or business law, there'd be hundreds and hundreds of them. Mm. Um, only about yes. five or six of us did the IT law combination, which is quite unusual. But QT was the only one that offered that at the time as well. So I, I, I think I, I assume that UQ would offer all those sorts of things now as well, computing science and law, but. At the time, IT and law, the combination was only available at QT, and QT is very um, progressive and modern in its approach to the law as well. Mm. The graduates there tend to be uh, real world focused rather than you know black letter law, uh, traditional, um, not as useful commercially as a uh, QT student might be. So I think um, QT in that respect has been pretty good. Yeah, nice no. campus, middle city, it's pretty convenient. Gardens Point, I guess. Yeah, Gardens Point.
0: You know, great, great uh, university, and it's se- we seem to have quite a few people that we've run into that, that, that go there as well, that have been there and, and, and sort of raved about it, but uh, I guess, and then what was, your, I guess, you'd spoken about the jobs that you sort of had, um, uh, the ones travelling mm-hmm. in, in those uh, er, early years and early 20s and so forth, I guess, what was, the sort of, uh, the first, what was the first job you had as a lawyer somewhere, where was that?
1: I did my articles at a firm called Cleary Hall, I decided that I wanted to be a tax lawyer, and um, I always, lo- love tax, my, my favorite subjects at university um, were tax law, tax and advanced tax, and most lawyers don't like, like numbers, but um, I do, and I did, and uh, that would, I, I, I got sevens in those, and I always loved those subjects. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so commercial entities, structuring, um, business-type law, taxation, was always the, the sort of subjects that I liked to, to, um, to study and did well in. So I thought I'd be a tax lawyer, a structuring lawyer, an asset protection lawyer, until I realised that it's almost futile to battle the ATO forever. So the firm that I did my articles at was certainly with some good grounding. Yeah. But um, it, it was a little bit risque, a little bit close to the line. And um, I got headhunted to work at a place called mccullough Robertson after that. So yeah. I yeah, did
0: a very well known uh, here in Brisbane. Um, certainly lots of lawyers there and mm. ran into quite a few people over the years that... Uh, that um, Gordon McCulloch-Robinson and including the guy I spoke to actually Yeah. yeah. but uh, it's, it seems to be um, one of those uh, you, it's one of those places you could probably learn a lot and what sort of, the, the firms like that, I mean what do you sort of take away the most, what are, just the experience of, of being a lawyer or yeah, what, what, do you, what do you sort of get out of those, those early jobs?
1: I guess you've got to find your niche, you've got to find the place where you want to work, I know a lot of people that have worked at McCulloch-Robinson over the years and a couple of my fellow partners here have worked there as well and ones that have worked there have also worked at HWL Eversworth where I worked for, for five or six years which is yeah. the, the the Australia's largest law firm and I guess there's similarities there that they're, they're a bit of a sweatshop really they're quite big the, the culture yes. is the cultures is sort of is a different there's a bit of competition there the partners don't know each other as well as a smaller boutique type operation there's a lot of competition a lot of infighting um, sometimes the vibe in the place isn't quite what you'd like I mean people love, love these places and people hate these places but you've got to find your niche so um, I guess you just, you learn what you can learn and you move on.
0: Yeah. So I guess, and when was it, I guess, that um, obviously how I sort of, um, people that may have seen you on TV, uh, Gavin, as well. Um, so Mark Boris, um, who's got the, I guess, the Australian version of the apprentice, Mark Boris, very well sort of known in Australia. Uh, obviously an opportunity sort of came up to You know, I guess uh, be involved in in that. Tell
1: us how that sort of came about. Yeah, look, I always loved the American Apprentice. I thought the opportunity to be the CEO of one of Donald Trump's companies would be an experience of a lifetime. One would think, and um, whether you like Donald Trump or dislike Donald Trump, he's um, he's an interesting guy. And look, being a CEO, which was the first prize in the American Apprentice of one of his companies, would be awesome for a year. Imagine who you'd meet and what you'd learn. And I always enjoyed the, I always, always enjoyed the show um, for many, many seasons. And then when I heard it was coming to Australia, I was intrigued. And my girlfriend at the time actually um, was had the laptop on her, on her lap in front of the TV and entered me into the roll, application process. Application. And I, I, didn't, I wasn't really... I, w- I wouldn't have done that myself, to be very honest. But she did, and I didn't really care either way. And then when I got the audition, I had to, I had to do it. I had to, had to be in... Do, do you know what I mean? Once, you, once they, they give you a bit of a sniff... You think, oh, okay, and now, so now, now that I've had the audition, I'm going I'm to so get in. That audition? This thing. How,
0: how many years ago was that?
1: Yeah. That was in uh, what, 2007, so I think. About 12 years ago. Yeah, about 12 years ago. And funnily enough, Brad Seymour just spoke at um, the VCC business lunch on uh, last Friday. Yeah. He was Mark Burris' right hand man on the show.
0: So he was. So Brad was his right hand man on the show. Uh, so, you obviously got to know him quite well. Very well, very well. And uh, he was sort of like a, like a is he like, was he like a 2IC, a lot of the, yeah. what you see on the show? Precisely. Um, yeah. So, that would have been quite interesting. What I, what I did find about, what I, I never really sort of had, I didn't really know too much about Brad Seymour until uh, last Friday. But, gee, he can talk very fast, can't he? I heard he,
1: I, I had to leave that day because I had another engagement, but yeah. I, heard, I had a good chat with Brad before the lunch commenced. I would have liked to have heard him speak but I heard he did speak quite quickly
0: he, no the thing is he spoke quickly but he also got through a lot yeah I bet he did so he got through quite a lot there was the the Kerry Packer stories there was the, yeah. there was Mark Boris and a f- you know other bits and pieces of stuff with Wizard in between you know so he was, created Wizard in the first place yeah. and Mark
1: Boris came to him yeah but um Certainly happened to Mark Burris and so Kerry it Packers open some doors.
0: Um, usually those things usually finish at two o'clock but I think it was
1: about ten and quarter past he was still yeah. really talking stuff. So. Yeah, good one. But, oh, uh, people got some real value out of that then I can. Yeah, imagine. I can
0: certainly some value if you didn't know him. Like I I, mean, I certainly got value out of that because of I just didn't know too much about the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. which is which is sort of opened up my eyes okay, who's you know, who's this Brad Seymour guy? And,
1: and that's yeah. the benefit of it, show. I mean I got to meet some people, Jerry Harvey, Mark Burris, Brad Seymour and, and the list goes on. Um, a whole bunch of people that I wouldn't wouldn't ordinarily have an, had an opportunity to meet, mm-hmm. and it's pretty cool now that I can text or call um, Brad or Mark yeah. Burris or these guys on their mobiles, and they'll they'll be right back to you or talk to you. That's yeah. that's pretty cool. It's actually become it's been quite uh, useful um, in the last couple of weeks. A mate of mine said that um, he was interested in buying YBR's financial advisor network. And um, did I have an in with Mark Burris? And so it's just cool that I was able to just to give him, send him a text, and have a chat with him, and start the process for my for my mate. And that, and he, they may well buy that now. So it's nice to have that, those contacts. It's nice, yeah. to, nice to, be able to pick up the phone. It's yeah. nice to be at a bump and have, have have lunch with these guys from time to time.
0: Like obviously, when you sort of got involved in that, you are sort of in, the, in your late twenties thereabouts. Um, I
1: might have even been early thirties. Was it?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, I guess, were you, prior to your experience with um, the with apprentice, were you sort of always a good networker going back that far?
1: I think so. I think so. I've always been fairly social yeah. and understood the the value in networking. I think I was, definitely. Yeah.
0: Mm. And obviously that just opened more doors. And,
1: definitely. And, um, the funniest thing about that initially was people recognised you from being on a, on a dodgy TV show because Australians didn't really. Didn't really it, didn't,
0: yeah, it wasn't that many seasons
1: of it, was it? No, there's only actually only actually one season of it. There's a couple of celebrity so this celebrity was
0: the, ones. So it was the only non so it was this right, so it, it
1: was the only no, one non celebrity season. The only one, yeah. Australia didn't really grab it. I mean the American and American audiences and the English audiences with Sir Alan Sugar love the show there. There must have been five or six seasons in those places. But Aussies don't really care about business. They'd rather see someone um, Doing a Renault show or something, do you know yeah, what I mean? No, and is, The Bachelor and things like that, and yeah. Big Brother. They didn't really get, get wrap their heads around the business show. They didn't. People, Aussies didn't just didn't seem to care about the business competition as a genre. Didn't seem to. Didn't seem to. I sort always of...
0: found Trump's show fascinating. I really, yeah. I really did. All oh, for a number of years until like, once you got get through six or seven seasons, you say, "Well, it gets a bit, bit much." As it, it run its course, now yeah. And go back to the celebrity stuff. Celebrity, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, He's all of a sudden
1: Dennis Rodman and yeah, other exactly. guys. And, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. entertaining. You know, all the, you know, the, the uh, country music singers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, the interesting thing about that was as soon as the show had finished, people would recognise it from that this dodgy TV programme. But that, that, wasn't, that wasn't the benefit. The benefit t- tended to be a little while after. People might see you out and about. We're talking like a year or two down the track. Yeah. People would see you out and about and think, have we met? Do I know you? Where have I seen this? Before? I've seen you before. Can't place it. I didn't remind them where, the, course, where, yeah. where it might have been. But it's just an icebreaker. Yeah. It's really, it's really fascinating when you can, rather than being someone that, that, when you when you meet someone or see them for the first time, they absolutely know they've never seen you before ever. Mm. If, if if there's a slight inkling in their mind that they might have met you before, the, the ice is broken slightly, and it's a yeah. little bit of a warmer introduction. Yeah. It made it, it made networking a lot easier. I have to say that.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, Brisbane, um, obviously, this part of the world is, I guess, your favourite part of the world to sort of live. I mean, would there be any places now that you consider that would be a great place to live um, as opposed to Brisbane, I guess?
1: Looking at it, looking at this story bridge right now in, yeah. in Brisbane and the bay and, the, and the, gate, the Gateway Bridge in the distance here and a beautiful, clear winter's day, it was 23 to 24 degrees today. In the middle of winter, it's, um, it's pretty pre- to, pretty it? hard to beat. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit chilly in the morning. I agree. it's Amazing
0: but, that sort of the swim. You know, sort of, yeah. You know, it's a bit cooler in the morning, isn't it? It it's is like cool. Seven or eight. I, I think, think it was cool
1: or or around day. there. But geez, once the sun comes up, it heats up pretty quickly. By ten o'clock or eleven o'clock, it's in the twenties almost. Yeah, cloud cloud. So, and it hasn't seen a cloud for I don't know about ten days. So look, it's a bit of a place. I did I did live in Sydney on and off for three years when I had a firm down there. Yeah. And when I had my previous firm. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was I was spending half the week down there half the week up here uh, spending a bit of time weekends on the Gold Coast and then I was over in Singapore a lot too so I was sure. bouncing around a hell of a lot there and that's good fun yes. until it, until it isn't and um, uh, yeah, so it, look
0: and then it's you know getting used to that type of uh, new way of this is New way that I'm having to, to, to work now. I have to go here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, it's on it, 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 top of trying to keep on top of my clients.
1: It's certainly the weeks fly by when you're doing that. There's, it, there's almost no no boredom. Um, you're basically, you're bouncing around a fair bit. The travel becomes a bit tiresome, but certainly the, the the weeks fly by. Mm. But being in being in Brisbane again now all the time, it's 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 um it's so ideal. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, what I get. What do you uh, when you are travelling? Because you obviously travel quite a lot what sort of techniques on a plane would you sort of use to sort of make make you best use of the time do you sort of like read books or do you what do you sort of you, you generally get up to or listen to a podcast listen to music
1: yeah I tend to either sleep or read mm. um, other I mean it depends how long the flight is you, you definitely watch movies as well but mm. um, it depends like Sydney is, is so quick yeah, it's I was traveling to Sydney yeah. back and forth so it's basically like getting on the bus yeah um, the airport transfers a longer than the flight half the time but um, yeah, I just generally read or sleep on those those short trips. Mm.
0: Yeah, so I guess if you look at all the all the people that you sort of have had, and you you know quite a lot of people, who would you say I guess a people that have been a good mentor to you, or that you've sort of got who or what you would consider to be a mentor.
1: To be honest, I don't think I really have had the opportunity to get to have a mentor. I think I would like that. So I'm searching okay. for one right now. I mean, I've had people like Brad Seymour and, and, and different people have different assists along the way with, with some good advice. Yep. But I, I can honestly say that, um, in the way that some of my friends have had long term mentors and still do, mm. I haven't really had the benefit of that yet. And I, I would really like that. Mm. So calling all mentors out there. They're calling call all mentors. <laughs> Share it
0: around to all the people in your network as well to see if that you know. Obviously, okay, Gavin's looking for a mentor, didn't know that. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I guess what I've noticed also you were also used. You do you have written a few articles about uh, the different things that you're involved in asset protection. Probably one of them. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you like writing stuff? Do you like sort of gathering information and writing something? You know, writing stuff uh, for media and print.
1: I think it goes through phases. For a little yeah. while there, you start you start kicking out a lot of content, but. I must have been haven't written an article for quite some time. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you go through phases of your of your life where you, you're very interested in in, in putting putting some of your opinions and um, compiling and analysis of different subject matters. But then you get too busy as well half the time. So it's been a while since I've done that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, also. Your other languages that you speak, I think I read that uh, Norwegian and mm. Spanish, is that correct?
1: I do, I do. So Norwegian came from um, a girl I was, I talked to scuba dive in Honduras. I ended up following her to, to Norway and I ended up That's spending, nice Norway, yeah, right? she, she lives in Oslo. So it was a pretty beautiful place to be. Mm. And um, we were there for a few months, so I, I just dedicated myself to learning the language. And um, Spanish, I, I, was, I was living in Spanish-speaking countries for a, a good two, two and a half years. So I was teaching scuba diving in Spanish at one point as well. Mm. And I recently came back from South America where I was there for a month and it was a good opportunity to, to fine-tune the, the skills there as well. So before I went, I did some one-on-one uh, courses again just to revitalise the, the language for a few months before I went, a couple of months before I went. And, um, yeah, Spanish is a beautiful language. I'd like to be able to speak it more, fluently.
0: Mm. So I guess one thing that's probably noticeable about yourself is you, always seem, you do always present yourself well, you dress well, um, you, you've got that sort of about you, that tidiness
1: about it. Does, it. does that come from anywhere? Has that always been the Gavin thing? I think it has. Yeah, I think my mum would probably attest to that. It's always been, always been the way. Yeah. yeah. So you've, ever, even
0: since we, when you were young? You were just... Oh, definitely.
1: Yeah. Pretty sure my underwear had to match my pants at one stage. No, when, <laughs> when I was a little kid. <laughs> I had to drink out of a green cup that was like mine yeah, I had to be green I wouldn't drink out of any other cup yeah. and, <laughs> funny things kids do uh,
0: and you know it's things like um, you know mum wasn't allowed to get dressed she had to be in a dressing gown when giving me breakfast <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. there are those sort of quirks any other sort of quirks that you have yourself that are quite uh, unique to yourself that not, not too many other people would either know or sort of have
1: uh, look, I don't think so. I'm pretty, I'm pretty tidy, watering on OCD, I guess. But um, in in the sense that I'm pretty tidy and pretty, pretty measured in that regard. Um, I just like to have a balance in my life. I don't, I don't think there's any real quirks. Mm. Um, nothing out of the ordinary. Nothing I'd share on a podcast, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: um, I guess as far, I mean, you obviously get involved. Uh, you, you've been involved in some venture capital type uh, uh, situations, I'm sure, over the years. Um, Stoneleaf Capital. Uh, Tell us us a little bit about Stoneleaf Capital if if you want
1: to. Yeah, look, that's a business I've had for the last 10 or 12 years. It it started out being a little little private equity firm, and it's it's been operating on and off for the last, say, decade. I've used that vehicle to invest in businesses over the years. I've invested in an automotive customer management business. I've invested in a range of other businesses along the way um, and come in and come out. Um, I've lent, I've it's been a short-term money lender, um, of sorts for a while, mm. um, and I'm and it's provided corporate advisory services, capital raising services to, to businesses and companies over the years as well. Mm. It's been a fine balance, though. Certain depends where you're working at the time in the law as well. Obviously, you don't want to dedicate too much time to um, businesses outside the, the law, depending on where you yeah. are. Some yeah. some law firms frown upon that. Yes. Some some are more open.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, um, I've worked in law, both types of law firms in the past that frowned upon you having exterior interests, and some of them foster them with you. Yeah. But um, yeah, look, at that. that'll, that'll be around forever, and mm. it's a good, it's a good, good as an investment vehicle. Mm. And um, we're looking at ramping that up in the next little while as well.
0: Oh, that sounds sounds excellent. Yeah. yeah and just on that, because that's sort of when you look at that sort of thing, you're talking investment related. So this is a little bit, a little bit from I guess to the side. Um, when you, when you think about all the little small things you might have invested in over the course of time, and I'm talking stuff that we're talking about, incredibly small monetary outlays or you know something very small, not, not large scale, yep. what's the best value for money sort of investment that you've ever made where you've only spent like maybe a couple hundred dollars on it oh and geez. it's been really...
1: I can't, I can't think of anything a <laughs> hundred dollars. Um, in terms or, of you mean in terms something of like smaller. shares or or, or could you're talking, be you're talking about like, you talking about a, a nice pen? it could be
0: like a nice pen or it could be something that that you means meant so much to you
1: as well. Ah, oh, look, I think maybe clothing would be the yeah. big thing. Just something that presents presents well. Yeah. Um. I guess you got to invest in yourself. Maybe yep. maybe gym memberships. That's probably worth worthwhile investment as yeah. well. I think yeah, healthy food. Yeah. So,
0: so gym memberships. That's probably a good one anyway. Yeah. Because yeah, it's not that expensive and the value you get out of that, you know, you a testament, testament to... Yeah, to of keep consistent with sort of those sorts of things. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess with lawyers, I mean, there's a, there's, there's a bit of a, I guess, where we are in 2019 at the moment, and you've been there, you've worked, uh, as, you, as, we, as we sort of alluded to, you've been through the mcculloch Ronson you know, all these different places, a few different places, sorry. Yeah. Um, tell, us, tell us about your sort of uh, take on... Um, I guess, timesheets now. Does, does, for example, does AJ come up with, do you do, do timesheets or everything sort of value priced?
1: It's, it's just both. We, we record time, absolutely. Um, yeah. It's impossible not to, I think, in the yeah. when People try to. But we, my clients, commercial clients, corporate clients, people doing M&As, you know, aggregations, front-end, transactional type stuff, they want a quote. They don't, they don't want an open end. Yeah. Litigators, the back-end guys, Find it impossible to provide provide a quote. They'll give there's, a ball ballpark number, certainly, but you don't know how long it's a piece another, of string? 200%. But yeah, but front end guys tend to have to provide pretty well a good quote, a fixed price qu- quote to their clients. Now, there's obviously a, a, a very narrow scope there, but in terms of drafting documents, you can, you can potentially pr- provide pretty accurate quotes for those sorts of things. We do a bit of fixed fixed fee stuff as well. But it's within a scope. Things do blow out, yeah. and we are recording time to see whether um, yeah. you know it's, it's been an accurate quote in the first place. Yeah. How, but,
0: how, how productive it's been, etc.
1: But there's definitely a combination of the two. We we definitely try and give a bit of certainty to our clients.
0: Yeah, I think it's getting like that now, in industry too. Gavin, I think I mean we still record time. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, we we've got to look at the, what's a, what's a job worth, or what, what do we quote for the job? Yeah. And yeah. Come back to that. And, Right off time where you have to... Yeah, that certainly happens a lot, yeah. Uh, you know, in this industry, so it's it's, it's, it's just part of, of what actually happens there, isn't it, at the end of the day. So, I guess, when did you sort of first become involved in the Valley Chamber of Commerce?
1: Ryan Pinkerton told me about it about four years ago, I think. Um, I have met Ryan. Yeah, Ryan was on the board at the time, and I met, I met the president at the time as well, and... Yeah, I, just, I it was a networking event that I had no chance to go to, so I popped my head in. And then pretty shortly after, they invited me to um, propose myself to be on the board. So I've been on the board so, now. So how long were you
0: sort of going to start before you jumped into this? It wasn't long. I
1: think probably only about three or four months. Yeah, it's quick, isn't it? Yeah. So I've been on the board now going on four years, mm. I think. So it's a
0: secretary
1: role now, is it? Yeah, I'm secretary as well. Yeah. I'm not, not sure what that means. I guess
0: it's... Uh, <laughs> You obviously Terry takes the minutes. Terry takes the minutes anyway. <laughs> yeah. Not you taking the minutes, it's Terry. So but, exactly. Yeah. But you, you or somebody must be respond. You must be directing traffic somehow. Yeah, that's right. That's right. When it, it comes did, to Coro or something. There's a
1: few of bits and pieces. Do I've just I've just revised the constitution for the BCC as well, which will hopefully get ratified this AGM coming up in September. So there is a bit. Of, there's a bit of behind the scenes stuff that I do that um, the other board directors don't do, and yeah, that's the way it is. They're they're doing yeah. stuff that I'm not as well as people contributing in different ways which is pretty good Um,
0: yeah so do you think that's uh, I guess you found that I mean I I obviously go to pretty much every event I see you pretty much at every event yeah uh, what is it about the Valley Chamber that makes it very as vibrant as it is and what is it just the people that people that make up the Chamber isn't it at the end of the day I think
1: it is it's a there's also a lot of work that goes by the, in, behind the behind yeah. the behind the scenes. I mean, the, the board makes sure that the events are, are run well and that the, the the locations are, you know, vibrant and new and interesting and diverse. And there's lots lots of things going on. And there's a lot of energy behind the scenes as well. And the, but the people that attracts tend to have the same sort of ethos. I think it's a, quite a social group as well. Mm-hmm. Um, wide range of businesses. Very They're special. definitely definitely increased in the. Um, size of businesses that are becoming members as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Singapore Airlines and bank, more bank, more banks getting involved, and I think Bank West just joined. Singapore Airlines just joined. Um, HSBC and RHCQs just joined. I mean, HSBC has been there for quite some time. But um, law firms, accounting firms, um, it's not just it's not not a B and I in where you've got a florist and a, an embroiderer and things like that. It's there's substantial businesses and a good a good a good range of diverse businesses from hospitality to in our creative industries to Quite a few professional people, yeah, services. Quite
0: hospitality, which is always good. And,
1: that's the way it started, um, pretty much. You've got your
0: lawyers, you've got your accountants, you've got your, uh, a lot of marketing, yeah, branding a lot people. A lot of creative people. Creative people, that's, yeah. that's a better, word, better yeah. term for it. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, led by Murray, I think Murray does a really good job. He's been on the podcast a couple of times, actually, and uh, I think uh, he's, he's really, um, I find him to be, you know, I guess everyone sort of, I think, respects the guy, and I think he's, you know, he's got that sort of thing about him where he likes to, he likes to sort of branch out a little bit, little bit you know, and uh, and be friendly with as many people as he can, and use it through his own event. You know, his own sort of yeah. keeps pretty busy with that, I think, as well.
1: He does, he does. He's he's a, he's a good good fit for president. He's done a good job, and um, he's, he's he's very involved with the valley generally, and obviously yeah, they but they in. Connecticut they they arrange a whole range of events too, so it's it's, it's good for him, I think.
0: It's good him. Yeah. So um, I guess going back a little bit, uh, we've, you, you've got the IT part of the degree. Um, I guess as a, as a lawyer now in 2019, what sort of technologies are you using uh, when it comes to sort of everyday um, practice? Uh, is it something that's evolved since the McCulloch Robinson days? And that no, sort of thing? Not, not really.
1: Um, Lawyers yeah. using Microsoft Word really most of the time in PDF. <laughs> that's really what it is. We're, we're we're writing most of the time and so, reading.
0: So we don't sort of we don't use or does the cloud get used as far as storage and that sort of thing? Is it all? More of all of
1: traffic? our stuffs in the cloud yeah. in, in this particular firm. There's no there's no servers here. So yep. that, that that that's kind of new. For, cause this firm's been around for three years, so they're able to start quite fresh, yep. rather than having to deal with redundant systems and things like that, legacy systems that. You know the partners have spent millions of dollars on previously that it became outdated quite quickly. Mm. So that's one benefit of of the of the firm that I'm in at the moment. <laughs> but um, generally speaking, lawyers um, don't use much technology. I don't mm. think this changed in the last 10, 15 years. Mm.
0: So, AJ and Co, that's obviously uh, where we are right now. Yes. Um, how did it sort of get founded? I mean, I mean the guy, the sort of managing partner, his name's Andrew Johnston, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's AJ. Um, AJ, yeah. as, as he's better known around Brisbane, I'm sure. Um, how did it sort of all start? Where did he sort of, what was his sort of background in, in starting this, do you know?
1: He, he came from Mills Oakley, where he was at, yeah. at previously, mm. left there and, and wanted to start his own show. Mm. So he did that and um, started with a couple of people. And it's, it's, we're approaching 40 now with 10 partners.
0: Dane, you've got 40 staff here, you?
1: Almost, yeah. 10 partners. So 10 partners and
0: 40 staff, wow. There yeah. you go, it grows yeah. very quickly.
1: Yeah, it's grown very quickly over the last two and a half, three years. I've been here for about a year and a half now, just over. Mm. And uh, it's doubled in size since so I've been here, I think, maybe more so. Mm. Yeah.
0: Mm. So... Great bunch of people, I guess, to work for as well.
1: It is. Good. It is. It's a, it's a really refreshing place to work. Actually, everyone gets along really well. It's not too big at the moment. Growing, certainly, growing fast, but um, it's attract the right sort of people. Better, better client base. Better caliber of colleague. Beautiful environment to work in. This office is just pretty cool. Yeah. And um, our clients like it. It's got a nice feel to it. Mm. It's important to be happy where you work, I think. And um, yeah, they're like they're doing things a bit differently. The, the idea was to be cutting-edge, modern, contemporary, uh, attention to detail, you know, good value for money without being cheap, obviously, because we're not necessarily not cheap, yeah. but um, not, not sort of gouging the clients in the way that some of the big, bigger national and international firms do, mm. but um, certainly focused on business and um, the corporate area. We've got a couple of partners in litigation, three in corporate advisory, a couple in real estate, construction, Planning the environment. Mm.
0: Does anything change what you do on a day-to-day basis since you've moved here as far as your clients are the same sort of clients or
1: Yeah, so I, I certainly brought a lot of clients with me, but it was mm. been pretty discerning about who I did bring as well. So yeah. um, the idea was to weed out some of the clients that didn't didn't want to bring uh, bring over. Mm. And um, yeah, there's been a it's been a good reaction. The clients enjoy um, coming to our offices, they enjoy the work that we do. And um, being part of it, so it's, it's been quite a good move, actually.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely everyone goes through different stages in their, in their career, but hopefully for, for you, this is uh, obviously so, something that's going to, you know, go for many years. I would say, uh, you know, yeah, that's definitely how feeling about it. Um, that is for sure. Uh, I guess one thing I wondered, maybe people switched off on the podcast now. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll find out. But um, I guess. As, as you know, you're obviously fairly, um, you know, obviously a good-looking guy. You, you present yourself well, all that sort of stuff. Um, You've obviously had a few girlfriends over the years, and that sort of thing. What's probably is there any particular dating stories? Any sort of dating stories that are, I guess, um, anything that funny or for, a funny occurrence that happened, or something that, that you want that was
1: just crazy. Oh, there's, there's, there's too much that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you have death, too much. <laughs> we need. We need a, a whole day to talk about that sort of stuff but no, no nothing, nothing springs to mind at the moment <laughs> okay.
0: yeah that's fair enough but yeah that's some crazy stuff when you can go through all those different parts of the dating world and that yeah sort of thing. And, and countries
1: and all the rest of it too so, so
0: yeah it's different different countries have different cultures yeah, yeah. so you would have learned all of that and yeah speaking their languages and,
1: <laughs> exactly teaching and, them a school uh, enough.
0: <laughs> yeah that's uh that's uh, that, but um, yeah, like, I'm just trying to think of what else. Uh, I guess anything else coming up? We've got the business festival next week uh, at King Street. Uh, yep, last Thursday of the month, of course. The we'll last business of that. No, so no meet
1: and mingle this 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 time with we'll Business festival instead.
0: Yeah, business festival, King Street, which is uh, one of my, I guess one of my favourite streets around the place. I do, I do enjoy going up and down King Street. Terms. I don't get there enough,
1: but they've done a pretty good job with it, haven't they? They
0: have, but, yeah, it's sort of closer to where I live. I don't live too far away from them. I'm probably within two Ks of, yeah, right. of the showgrounds. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think I am as well. It's sort of a, it's either a scooter home or a walking or, yeah. you know, it's... Um, but, you know, you've got... To, you, I think, uh, I was talking to Amanda Cooper, I believe the Christmas party is going to be at the Barbarian there. Is it? That's, okay. That's what she told me yesterday, so Okay. Well, that'd be um, good. It'd be a nice spot. Nice spot there, so in, in King Street. But obviously the the, the festival sort of right in the middle of the street, I think we've, they're going to have some... Um,
1: I think it's up that end because the p- p- previous year was up to, it was on the end of Wickham street, street Terrace. And, yeah, it's the other end. That's right. Yeah. The Bavarian yeah. end, I think it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, um, yeah, that should be fun. When last year we had Philip Devella, and he, he was one of the speakers that everyone sort of remembered quite, yeah. quite well this year, I think... Um, do you know who the speakers are this year? I think Kat Matson was one. I think, um, but yeah, it's going to be it's to be quite interesting, entertaining. I think there was.
1: I'd have to look it up. Yeah. I, I, I did see the the, the flyer. Mm. That's the yeah. yeah, that's Yeah, no. that's
0: okay. But uh, that, that'll be good. Um, and then there's a few other events coming up. I think uh, throughout the year, um, but the. Uh, obviously what was quite interesting recently obviously the election result um, there was a lot of there was a lot of belief I guess that we would have a change of government yeah definitely and, uh, I
1: think everyone was surprised by the result uh, pleasantly
0: and uh, that sort of uh, and obviously I think there was there were some things that obviously happened along with the campaign that sort of at the end of the day we, we've got uh, SCOMO again which is which is very good we've seen SCOMO a couple of times in the last couple of years with Valley Chamber events Yep, we have uh, it came along in, in April and um, that was a funny day at uh, Cloudland, that's for sure, where had the Dani protesters trying to
1: yeah, absolutely. To, um, yeah. stir up some, some chaos. Same thing happened to Don Mays when he spoke there. Someone was someone was jumping up and screaming out at him. He handled it quite well. I actually had a meeting with him in his offices yesterday, or the day before, Tuesday. So it's good to see Don again as well. So these are the guys you get to meet. Don Mays is a pretty inspirational guy. I think he's a pretty he's done amazingly well. And to be able to sort of be able to have a drink with Don over the last you know, previous months, and be able to have a meeting in his office and try and spruce for some work by knowing him from you know from having him speak at the VCC, and from, have, from knowing him to be able to have a few drinks with him at Blackbird is is pretty is pretty good. Mm. So knowing these guys and I've been able to contact these guys direct is um, is a real privilege, and that all comes about from initiatives like the VCC. If it wasn't for the VCC, I wouldn't have met him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you don't. You've, you've travelled quite quite around the globe. You came from Joburg originally, as you said. Um, have you ever gone back to South Africa? Recent- not,
1: not yet. Yeah. Not yet. It hasn't been the top of my list really. There's been other places yeah. I'd like would have liked definitely. to visit first, but yeah. it is a position the top. But I don't know if Joburg would be on the list anyway. No. Cape Town definitely, and back to the game reserves and Stellenbosch for the wines of where I'd like to go. I'd also like to see. Africa more. I haven't seen Africa other than Egypt. I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see East Africa and yeah. you know a bit more, a bit more of the, the the North West as well, Morocco and down that way.
0: Yeah, so have you done much of uh, Asia?
1: Sort of? I've done pretty much most of Asia. Yeah, but Africa's still yet to be discovered, other than South Africa, yeah, and then more of South America as well because yeah, you, you
0: had a big trip you did quite a bit uh, well spent nearly a month
1: yeah I did so I was in country or about or a month Chile Peru Bolivia and Colombia so there's plenty more to see there as well Argentina Brazil would be Venezuela maybe at the top would be nice too but um, plenty to see and do there yeah
0: and have you sort of have you sort of been to many places in the States you said you went been to Florida Miami you've sort of done all of the States
1: as I well. I drove across the States and I've been there a few times since yeah. So I sort of drove down the one, the coast road and across the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, did a road trip up to Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia. Um, I've been back to New Orleans and I've been back to LA a few times as well. Been to New York. So I've seen I've seen a bit of it. There's still Which is your sort of favourite
0: part of the states? It's
1: pretty yeah. diverse. Mm-hmm. New York is pretty amazing. It is. LA yeah. is pretty cool. Florida has this, has its point. I mean, they're all. It's there's so much more to see. I'd like to go to Colorado and I'd like to see Washington and Pennsylvania and. Boston Colorado. and Chicago. I
0: haven't been to Colorado or Boston and Chicago. Yeah, maybe. there's plenty to see
1: and do but um, I haven't done. Of,
0: yeah, it's just, the world's just too big sometimes. Yeah, can't it's see huge. Everything. And uh, I haven't done really any much of Canada. You said you used to sort of work there. At, yeah, uh, yeah. In Vancouver, that would have been yeah. fascinating. It's
1: time. a very, it's a nice place. And did did I did Toronto and uh, Montreal and Quebec and all that sort of stuff as well.
0: Mm. And it's sort of obviously been everywhere in Australia as well, we've done much of done going to the outback. And,
1: a little bit. I haven't done the Northern Territory. I've only been to Perth once. But um, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, a hell of a lot. Yeah. And down um, the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, up North as well. i did a couple of seasons uh, teaching scuba diving off Ellie Beach. Yeah. And in, in Early, yeah. And um, so Cairns and Fort P- Douglas and Ellie Beach and, the, and everything in between. Mm. But um, no, I'd like to do Northern Territory. I'd like to see Kakadu. Yeah. I'd, like mm-hmm. to see, I'd like to see. go to Marga River. I love and my wine regions. W-A, yeah.
0: But yeah, that's... Um, yeah, I like I, what I sort of saw recently, I don't know if you saw it, but um, when because the, they had all those uh, those weather events in, in that Whitsunday region, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of like little islands there that just they got smashed up and they just left to, to rot. Have yeah,
1: there's been a lot, a lot of a lot of destruction there. The cyclones. One of our clients owns Hayman, and they've just done a, a multi, multi, multi million dollar renovation there. They've pretty much stripped that place to, back to bare concrete and and um, Reba and they've started again which is good the one and only had it at the time but now it's intercontinental um, they've just opened again so that there's been a lot of work had to be done up there and Definitely refurbishing the area it's, it's a wonder
0: I mean, in those sort of areas I I'm, 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 I'm just imagine it'd be just
1: difficult to get insurance as well wouldn't it? well that was insured by Lloyds of London um, they, they did pay that out mm. uh, fortunately for them but, um, yeah, yeah that, that, that can be a bit of an issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. insurance, uh, especially... Wouldn't be cheap. Building projects up, up in that sort of neck of the woods. Yeah, it wouldn't be cheap. I know I know Ham-O got hammered as well, Hammond excuse the lie, pun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, no, um, I think uh, I've covered pretty much what I wanted to cover here, but if there's any, any sort of other topics that... Uh, uh, you wanted to talk about today on the on the podcast.
1: I think that's probably <laughs> ideal for, for the first one. <laughs> Fair enough. So you want to come be a, a returning guest? You never know. You, you never know. know. Never. Fair enough, Gavin.
0: I, I know your, your time's very precious, so I do thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. I think we've had a, a great discussion in front of a uh, beautiful Brisbane River here. Uh, fantastic offices. Uh, you know, thank you very much for your hospitality out here. Uh, we'll obviously get this uploaded. You can share and, and, and so forth, and no doubt we'll be catching up. We won't another very soon, probably next week, anyway. So we will indeed. No, thank, um,
1: thanks for coming out. Appreciate it.
0: No worries. That's been uh, the From the Valley podcast. Gavin McInnes with Tim Wush here. Thank you.